1: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, our weekly spin off podcast. I'm Paul, and unfortunately, John, my dad, has gone through a slightly traumatic event dad a little while back you mentioned that you were going to have to get knee surgery and you had it what 2 days ago is that right 48 hours plus 1 49 hours so 49 okay my point being that are you still under the effect of pretty strong painkillers or are you just sort of pop your leg up and you're recovering now
2: paul yeah i i for some weird reason uh-huh i i don't even know what to say but simple is yes or no. <laughs>
0: simple yes or no. No, well, it's not fast. possible to say yes or no. Wait, are you on painkillers or not?
2: No, none. Well, then no is the answer. But hang on, Paul, that's yeah. that's unusual. I mean, judging by some of the, um... <laughs> hang on. So what what you're trying to do is find out a way to brag without sounding too braggy, Paul. Th- <laughs> it, this is this is this is A grade, top shelf. Bragging rights. Okay. No, I'm not saying you... Dad, I'm not saying you don't have a right to brag. I'm just saying... I'm... I'm... I've literally defied medical science. There we go. That's... See, that's
0: that's the kind of phraseology I was looking for. (laughs) So, you sent me a screen cap of an email from your doctor. Basically, you didn't send me any commentary. It was pretty much the doctor going, well... I guess we don't need to do anything because you just you're healing so fast. I mean, frankly, you're a freak of nature. Honestly, John, you should Paul, be doing the surgeries. Paul, two things. Firstly, yeah. your impersonation of the doctor
2: is exactly the same as your impersonation of me. Okay. Okay. Just so you, I mean, for a man with so many different accents in your repertoire, what do you want? A chimney sweep? <laughs> no, but okay. just I a mean, different voice. We could talk about this whole medical situation for a long yeah. time, but. Did you happen to read any of the comments that the staff made? I was hoping you would tell us. Uh, now I I'm, I'm going to read something that is going to defy our listeners' imagination, and it's real. I'm quoting. I'm not. These are not my words. Okay. Um, but I'm going to read them. Read something. Uh, but firstly, I'd like to just pay almost homage and extreme reverence mm-hmm. to the doctor. Okay. He he is, his reputation is second to none. He operates out of, he owns with a couple of other guys, a place called the Knee Clinic. Now, I believe that if you've got a knee problem, going to a knee clinic would be pretty good. When I came out of surgery, so for the last... Six operations I've had I've had quite a few generals um, I come out very very badly I come out shivering um, it's, it's very very bad I dread it and the anaesthetist on this particular occasion uh, before I went under he said look you know do you have any issues and I said yeah I, and I went through this whole list of things um, and it's, and it's, it's bad um, and quite a few people I believe do suffer when they come out but on this particular occasion, Paul, after one hour, under a general anesthetic, mm. where they went in to repair my torn meniscus, might I say that they took about, well, I was given two sheets of photographs. Have I sent you the photos?
0: No, and I requested specifically oh, you that did. you
2: not, I don't want you to send them to me, if that's okay. Yeah. Now, I was going to post these photos on my Instagram feed. Fucking terrible idea. You get you get banned for that. Well, anyway, Paul... Po- I was standing opposite Christine, and she literally clutched her heart, and she had this look as though she was at a funeral. And she said, "John, you just can't do that," and she talked me out of it. Um, she said it's for lots of reasons, so I didn't do it. But I like to share things with our listeners. Um, but I'll just say this, listeners: when you when I came out of surgery, a I had no, I just I, I just opened my eyes. I had no tubes in me, no oxygen. I felt great. Um, They moved me into a comfortable sort of of the next stage. And before I knew it, I was chowing down on numerous sandwiches. Yeah. Uh, I had two coffees, walked to the toilet unassisted. And then the doctor, as soon as he finishes doing his operation he does a video message that he sends each patient and he discusses virtually minutes after he's sort of closed you up Mm -hmm. about everything that happened during the operation. Is that incredible?
0: Yeah, it's really good. But what did he say in his? Well,
2: he said um, that everything went incredibly well, as expected, blah, blah, blah. But -hmm. then I got this message after that and it said, and this is bizarre, listeners, and it's, I'm reading it, I'm not, there's no, like I said, this isn't, I'm not bullshitting here. It says, okay, Mr. Perfect Patient, this is the message you were meant to get, but as you are a machine and you are so organized, we have sorted most of it out, regardless, Deb will check in, blah, 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 blah. But the thing is, listeners, and this is the, I know I do take a long time to get to the point. It's it's over six minutes now. I was going but... to blame the sedatives, but as you pointed no, out, no, Paul, on any. Yeah. Paul, this is what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm looking at not one, not two, but three unopened packets of sedatives. I'm going to read them out as to what they are. One of them is called maloxicam. Okay. 14 uh-huh. of them. It says you have to start them and you have to go through the whole thing.
0: I, can I, Ready? Hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait, hang wait on. a okay, second.
2: Okay, next yep. one, APX paracetamol codeine, 500 milligrams of codeine phosphate and something else. And the next one, uh, in big writing, it says controlled drug possession without authority illegal. And that's endone. Or oxycodone. Now, oxycodone, I could take it straight up the road and sell them individually on the street.
0: What I'm I'm trying to point out here, Dad, is first of all, I need to check either you aren't in pain and you don't need them, which is great because that means your body is recovering beautifully. Or... You are being stubborn and you do need them, but you want to oh, prove God, something. Oh, God, Paul, you are so funny. No, I wasn't saying that was it. I'm saying no, it's one of those two. That's, it's delightful,
2: Paul, and I, I I'm, I love the way you see things. Yeah, well, um, which, which one is it? <laughs> well, I'm about to tell you. Okay. Right. You ready for this? Yes. Zero pain. Okay. Ask me what my pain is out of 10, and I'll say yeah. zero. Yeah. And that's not that. just now. Mm-hmm. That's
0: after recovery it's it's remarkable hang on hang on hang on hang on. 48 hours ago you were uh completely under right you were under a, is it a general anesthetic it's called yeah, general yeah general anesthetic how long <laughs> oh god rare? you're so funny Paul. no no i'm just curious as to whether up to okay yeah it says up to 24 hours right so you've cleared the window when it would have still been the surgery painkillers working so that's great Yeah, Um, I mean, I just, there were people, there were
2: fit, there was a, I'd describe this bloke as a 25-year-old, very fit South African rugby player. Yeah, and he was clutching
0: his knees screaming and you levitated out of the
2: building. (laughs) He was was basically fucked.
1: In fact, most
2: of the people that I saw who'd all had knee work Uh were pretty fucked. They were rat shit. Some of them, degrees of rat shit. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, oxygen, pain,
0: not me. I'm Dad sitting just, there. You literally. You they went to open the door for you. You said, "Allow me." You kicked it open with your bad knee and just <laughs> ran full speed. into Well, it's the
2: street. it's it's quite remarkable. Yeah, now, I, I, now I have actually. Um, I've sent a letter off to Wim yeah. Hof.
0: Did you know that? Don't tell me you fucking contacted this mountain climbing hippie and said your breathing meant I didn't need anaesthetic. Like, what are you? What? What <laughs> is that, is that what you've done? Can I read what I wrote to Wim? Oh, Christ. All right, fine. Yeah, here we go. All right. Hi,
2: Wim. Yeah. (laughs) Just had one hour surgery on my left knee, Uh torn meniscus. First time ever came out of general anesthesia Mm -hmm. with zero side effects. Incredible. They gave me serious painkillers and now it's 12 hours later. No pain. Mm -hmm. I put this down to my twice daily advanced Wim Hof and two cold showers daily. Kind regards, John Behoven. P.S. I do a true crime podcast. From Australia and I regularly talk about you. We have had ten million downloads. It's called loose units. Take care, Wim. Well,
0: first of all, we haven't had ten, we've had nine million,
2: which is Look, still great. But you can't just add it as add a I casual mill Because I like yeah. to round things I like whole big numbers. I know you do. So you know, it's it's good to just share these things. So in all sincerity, and you and you, you may laugh, yeah. as may well some of the listeners, but it's more than, more than strong anecdotal in terms of evidence, that I have undergone something quite miraculous in in terms of needing no painkillers at all. I'm sitting yeah. here with three packets that, might I say, were not cheap, and I was going to send them back. and Christine said they won't take them. No. Um, like he says, street value is pretty much skyrocketed. The so. street value on the endone is. Mm-hmm is scary stuff but I feel really really empowered good I feel, I feel positive mm-hmm. I've I walked up the road this morning carrying a 20 kilo bag of laundry mm-hmm well, that's pretty good <sighs> so I'm feeling positive yeah. and in this well, life listeners yeah if you can feel positive and you know just be be grateful for, for You know, that expression, your health is your wealth, it's just so true. And then I, I mean, this is going to sound a bit weird, listeners, and and Paul, you'll probably start laughing, but this morning I started to talk to Christine about the after effects when people have had heart surgery. Have you heard anything about this? Where they stop your heart, and because your heart's sort of the center of your whole being, some people suffer a syndrome where they're just perpetually sad for the rest of their lives, because they've, whoa, yeah, because they've had things done on their heart and christine said john and then she started laughing hysterically and uncontrollably and almost fell over she said what are you talking about she said you had a relatively minor knee operation (laughs) yeah and you're talking about
0: near-death experiences yeah but
2: i mean you know being under the under being out of this being unaware of your own existence for an hour is you mean like sleep no, no, no. This is deeper than sleep. Yeah, yeah. It's This is... You know, I, I think it was Gaddafi. <laughs> what no. the fuck? Paul. You know Gaddafi had the weirdest face? His skin was all over the shop?
0: What are you talking about? Paul. Yes. Okay, yes.
2: ready? Yeah. He mm. used to get this French facial surgeon would fly in and he was in this sort of secret dungeon that was his makeshift operating theater Uh uh-huh high security and he would get this surgeon from paris to operate on his face and never ever have a general he'd always be awake during all surgery because he was so paranoid about someone killing him whilst he was under anesthetic
0: isn't that fascinating Do you think maybe he got congratulatory videos from his surgeon afterwards going, you have been very brave and I look forward to our next session. Au revoir. Uh, Listen, we need to pivot because you (laughs) mentioned something. Speaking of terrible skin, Mm, speaking of terrible scaly skin, you mentioned to me that there was a case in Florida Florida. where where a woman was taken by an alligator. The problem here, Dad, is I, I googled alligator Florida crime and this happens like nine times a week. So you're going to have to narrow it down. Okay, a bit. well,
2: yeah, just a few days ago, a, an itinerant woman who was living in a, a camp, she was basically homeless. Mm-hmm. She was living in a camp, like a tent, tent yeah. city sort of thing. But, I mean, being taken by a 14-foot crocodile or alligator, yeah. um, that's pretty bad.
1: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue.
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today.
2: But, and we may cover this one day on our normal podcast,
1: mm-hmm.
2: because there's a. there are some incredible cases in the Northern Territory. We have crocodiles here, but there's a case that we may do one day about a guy that was taken by a crocodile, and he was actually put inside the lair, the underground nest. Mm-hmm. And the reason the crocodile does that is to soften your meat. So, because they they prefer to eat you when you're rotten, because it's a lot easier to pull the skin off the bone. But this guy, ready for this? He was in the 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 the, the nest yeah. with with all the baby crocs, all the eggs, and. He escaped. How's that? How? True story. Crawled out, buried, sort of dug his way out. My point being, Paul, are you aware that alligators and crocodiles have the most extraordinary pressure when they bite downwards? Mm -hmm. But are you aware that you can simply get some sticky tape and just tape it around the end of their nose, mouth? Guess what? They can't break the tape. They have incredibly low
0: low power, low strength in opening their mouths. Isn't that interesting? Oh, right, right, right. Okay, so they haven't been doing the mouth equivalent of leg day. There's a specific type of muscle that they don't have to work out. I reckon if you trained it, you could probably work that that kink out, but that's... Interesting. So if you had like a bunch of zip ties, and yes, went really Paul, fast,
2: mate. You don't even need zip ties. I've seen them do it with, with like plastic tape, uh-huh. and you only have to get a few notches around the the circumference. Okay, yeah. and you do it right at the tip. In fact, that's why. That's I mean, a little bit of a funny thing, but in the in the nineteenth century, and early twentieth century, when you had these strong men that used to go around and do, you know, traveling circuses. Mm -hmm. some of them used to fight crocodiles. And what they did was they would jump on top of the crocodile and then just hold the mouth closed. And it looks to the uninitiated, particularly and more likely if you go back 100 years or so, that here is a man overpowering a crocodile, which is seemingly impossible, but simply by holding its mouth down with... With two hands, so that's interesting. But this particular story, aside from the 41-year-old woman that was was killed, which is a bummer, but I think there's a part of this story that is even more interesting, and that is that the gentleman that was walking along a promenade mm-hmm. in that state, in that city, yeah. he had never, ever seen a, an alligator. Never. And he sees one. During the day, he's actually going to a job interview. He can't believe his eyes. Not only is he witnessing something that he's never seen before, but then he looks closely and he realises that the alligator
0: is clutching a torso. I found this photo. Is this the one in the driveway of the house? Yes. It was a, okay, so yeah, it was a 41-year-old homeless woman. Correct. And I also just read that it's possible, but it's been denied. But it is—it's been asserted by some witnesses that the um, the mother was taunting the the alligator. Not that that changes anything mm. at all. It doesn't. It obviously doesn't change anything mm. because I don't think alligators respond to insults. No. But even if a okay, so what what happened to the alligator? Um, they got the alligator. <clears throat> they they caught it.
2: Right. And um, which is
0: kind of sad in a way, isn't it? Is it like with a, let's say a dog mauls somebody? Because there's actually, you know, did they put the alligator down?
2: Yeah, that's, Paul, that's, that's it's somewhat contentious, I think, because uh, people have got pets, but some people uh, breed dogs mm. to be to be violent. Some of them breed them, you know, to fight them in pits. Um You may recall that we had a number of staffies and one of them was stolen and taken mm. out to to fight in the pits in western Sydney. And yeah. we were very fortunate to get the dog back even though it was emaciated and had clearly been in lots of fights. Yeah. There are gangs in Sydney that go around and probably other cities and they just kidnap staffies and other fighting, you know, bulldogs. Yeah. And they, they they take them and they and a lot of these fights are to the death. Um but but something wild, um I guess the old adage about sharks, I mean it's again, I mean it's their territory it's their domain we go into their domain um i mean we're talking everglades here i mean yeah you know she was she was roughhousing in a tent in a in a basically a, and it was it was very late at night and i mean these areas are known for alligators it was a particularly i mean 14 foot is that that's
0: two and a half times the length of me yeah it's astounding it's incredible. And speaking of putting animals down, a couple of weeks back, there was a... There have been a series of uh, killings, murders... I, don't, I mean, I don't know what you would call it, but there's a breed of dog called the American XL Bully, and it's a sort of... There have been seven fatal dog attacks in the UK this year so far, and three of them have been carried out by this breed of dog. And so Rishi Sunak, the uh, Prime Minister of the UK... Has called for a ban on the breed of animal, uh, and now obviously they've walked it back a little bit. But I find the I find instances of dogs killing people so deeply distressing. Mm. But what seems super distressing afterwards is the is the putting down of that animal. Not that I don't think that I mean that, this is not something I've, I've put a great deal of thought into. I confess, and obviously there are very valid reasons for doing it. But I mean, if a person kills another person. In theory, you put them away to rehabilitate them. In theory, obviously the prison system is riddled with flaws, and that's not what happens. But the actual, you know, if you're a, if if you follow, for example, the Judeo-Christian ethic of Thou shalt not kill, and you believe that people are essentially redeemable, I'm curious as to why that doesn't get extended to animals. What do you What do you think about that?
2: Look, um, I live in a in- suburb um, in Sydney where the Number of dogs Mm -hmm. is, I've never seen any like it. It's quite unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, We just up where we have coffee, one side of the coffee shop is a a shop where dogs can go into and choose all their dog food. Ah, including dog lattos. What? You know, um, gelato oh ice cream for dogs that's ice cream for dogs and on the other side of our coffee shop is a veterinary hospital right both these um institutions these these businesses are doing incredibly well Mm. um i i love i mean it's such a a lovely thing to sit there in the mornings and just watch the dogs go by yeah um and, and and they're just they're they're lovely um there was a case in Queensland only, well, in the last four weeks where a pair of dogs mauled the owner uh, to death and it was a gruesome sight for, the obviously, the police, the council. Um, there was a very famous case, Paul, that you and I, I'm quite sure we discussed this some years ago where a pair of surgeons, mm-hmm. husband and wife surgeons, lived in a historic house in Campbelltown, yeah. and they passed away, and their chihuahuas, which are tiny little dogs, uh, ate them in, in, completely. Ate all of them. So when the police got there, they were just
0: bones of these two dead doctors. I did actually read a study recently that said, statistically, cats are basically 100% likely to eat you. Mm. if you die and they're in the apartment. Yep. And it's not a hunger thing. They just apparently they are just they've just been ready to go for a long time. And they don't eat for sustenance. They eat because they want to eat you.
2: Bloody hell.
0: I'll, I've often cited cats as being I'm sure if you're listening and you have a cat, I'm sure your cat's different. I'm sure your cat's special. But cats as a species don't really generally speaking like us and i find it i don't know the cat dog divide is very interesting but Mm. dogs apparently apparently dogs will literally statistically starve themselves rather than eat their owners the only dogs that eat their owners regularly uh and by regularly i mean i think like 70 percent less likely than a cat but Mm. the only dog that will eat for sustenance when it has to uh i think they said small dogs, specifically Dachshunds and Chihuahuas. <laughs> they said these, there's certain breeds of dog that for yeah. some reason will wait a little while then hoe in. But there yeah. are other dogs like Labradors, Golden Retrievers, dogs like that that just won't do That's it. That's fascinating. Really interesting. These Chihuahuas went to
2: town on their owners. <laughs> yeah, um, They devoured every piece of flesh Gross. they would okay. have sucked into their nasal oh, right. cavities, chewed oh, their God. ears off and, oh, okay. and then got into the brain. Yeah. and then just sort of basically suck the brains out and it would have kept them going because they're tiny dogs i mean a brain a human brain <clears throat> how long would a human brain keep a chihuahua sort of you know
0: alive a long time Siri. um um i and then it, one of the yeah. one of the things i get confused with dad is the fact that you know um if you have to eat a sentient thing mm. to survive in a pinch yeah you know let's say you let's say you're in the andes and you're part of a brazilian soccer team and you yep. You're weighing up that. <laughs> That's terrible. Get... That that story's
2: severely bad because they ended up... The first person they ate in that particular series was one of the guy's sisters. Yeah.
0: Now, that is really depressing. I guess my question is, you survive, but at what cost? Now, a dog, typically speaking, an animal, rather, doesn't really have that compunction. The alligators will just go, I'm hungry, I'm going to eat, right? It's just meat to them. Yep. But I guarantee you, when the golden retriever starves because it doesn't want to eat, you it has made a it's made a real connection. Agreed. It doesn't want to eat its friend. Yes, stoic, I, right? And it's I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of cool. It is. I guess what I'm saying is, Dad, I don't care what kind of a situation I'm in. The me that would emerge alive from that harrowing ordeal would not want to live on this earth, having known what it did. Okay, well, Does flip that... it, flip it, Paul. Mm-hmm. You you
2: love your dog, yeah. Uh, it's a big dog. Uh huh. Doesn't matter whether it's male or female. Yeah. And you go hiking, oh. you get lost, mm-hmm. and you're starving.
0: Do you eat your dog? Probably not. Right. Probably not. I, I mean, I would, I would honestly start foraging for berries and.
2: Oh yes, no, before. definitely. But, but you know, let's just say you're out in the desert, um, you're between a rock and a hard place. What if your dog dies? Then you'd have to sort of think, well, hang on a sec, the dog's dead. It died a natural, lovely death. I've said a few little prayers for it. Mm-hmm. Um, before the rot sets in, I.e. maggots, blowflies, worms, all other things, scorpions. I mean, you could use the the carcass of your friend, the dead dog, uh-huh. to actually bring animals in and then kill those and eat those. That makes
0: more sense. Yeah. And the fact is, if you get you know kind of predators, depending on where you're in the desert, can you eat? Vultures and buzzards? I I was just going to say, a vulture lands, you just, you
2: just, it's got bloody big drumsticks. Two of them.
0: Solved. Problem solved. Well, I guess (laughs) that's a good point to finish the episode, Dad. I mean, oh, and just quickly, thank you to everybody on the Facebook page who's been wishing Dad well after his surgery. And thank you to the listener whose name escapes me who said, congratulations on 90 kilos, here's to 100. I thought that was nice. Um, with your bench presses. Paul, guess what? You did it? The day before I went into hospital. Mm-hmm.
2: Ninety five kilos. And I have a video to prove it. Well done. That's fantastic. Well done. So I'm going. I'm 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 enjoying it. In Oop. fact, that's uh can you just would I like
0: just hang on a sec? No, no, we should wrap the show up. We've got to okay, go. Cool. All right. Love your work. Love you. See you dad. You. Bye. All the best. Bye, mate. Bye. Bye everyone.
1: so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered.